Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another fabulous CB and the Boys radio show. We have got a fabulous hot show tonight with some fire hot topics you don't want to miss. So just sit back and relax and buckle up. It's going to be a thrilling ride on CB and the Boys. So see you in. George, roll it. Boy Honing, Roger Hawkins, Mimi Acosta, let's go! CB and the Boys, Midweek Motivator. Come on, gather around, get the 411, and let's talk about it. Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to CB and the Boys. I am CB, and we got everybody in the building. Got Mimi. What's up, Mimi? How are you today? I am present and accounted for. How y'all doing? (laughs) What's up, George? What's up? What up? What up? What it do, everybody? Hey. And unfortunately, Roger will not be joining us tonight. He is occupied. However, he will be back next week. Same time, same station. So it's just us rocking, guys. So what's been going on with the work week? Did you guys have a good Halloween? Is everything good? What's going on? It's been a while. Yeah, well, first I'm going to say hi to Trey. Hey, Trey, how you doing? Hey, Trey. And, um, well, I did not celebrate Halloween because I never celebrated Halloween. Like, for me, Halloween really is, like, for the kids. The candy shit and the light on. And if I cannot scare somebody's kid to death when they knock on the door, I don't want to do it because I like to have fun with it. My brother did it one year to some kids, and I swear to God, I think the mother's the, the mother probably still think he a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> and think kids probably ain't never forgot. I don't know. They probably egg the house every now and then, even though he's not in it. But um, but yeah, so I just want to say just straight off the back, um, my condolences are going out to two of my girlfriends, Cree, um, her mom passed last week and Vicky, her mom passed over the weekend. And of course, I have a cousin, Carmen Brignoni, that passed over the weekend. So my condolences to my entire family and the families of my girlfriends. And yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. My condolences. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And condolences to the family of Matthew Perry, who um, untimely passed away as well. So Hollywood mm-hmm. is definitely mourning that loss. Um, <sighs> oh, Trace uh, they just got done watching my dear. <laughs> hey, Trey, did you see Mimi in there? Oh, a lot. <laughs> you know Mimi's in that one. Yes, hey, all over there. She was one. in jail with Medea. <laughs> I was in jail with Medea, honey. Yes. Yes. You seen uh, Mimi and her fabulous acting. Look, I, I love I love that. Every part of that film that I was in, I love. 
But I think the only part that I did not enjoy most is going around like damn near 10 times in circles in that bus before we got off that bus. And then Medea gets off in the last, the last round of the bus because Medea already know what Medea is going to do. But we were going around like this, trying to get the perfect shot before Medea got on that bus. And it was hot. The damn freaking, um, them clink clinks were on too tight. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were trying to get some real, real action out of us getting out of that bus because this shit was hot. I ain't gonna lie. But all the lead roles got on at the last minute and we were in circles looking at each other like, how many more times we gotta do this? Bus driver was like, until we get it right. <laughs> <laughs> shit, you the driver, so you fuck it up. But yeah, I had a great time though. Thanks, Trey. Thank That's you. Funny. Yeah. So, George, what's up? How's your couple of days since the uh, last couple of weeks then? Since my birthday, because we ain't been together since my birthday. Man, man, I've been uh, running nonstop, nonstop. Work, 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 work. Ride, 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 ride. Get off work, go ride. Get off work, go ride. Get off work, go ride. At least you're work, riding. That's a good work, thing. Work, work. And then some more riding. But, you know, I mean, we had three days of 70 degrees straight. Yeah. And and a whole nice weekend. It was almost 70 degrees all weekend. Getting all the riding we could get in. Because a couple weeks before that, it was nonstop rain. So, you know. Yeah, it would rain the whole time I was there. I was outside. I was outside. Yeah. 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 When there is uh, that opportunity to be outside, like today, we had 80 degrees. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. I'm going out. See, I, mean, I don't all even want to hear that. I don't want to hear that from either one of y'all. Just, I don't even want to. And it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Matter of fact, you know what? what? I'm going to need, need a drink on that one. So we're going to have to. Uh... <laughs> Come get the 411. And it's Mimi drink special. Mimi, let them know what you're sipping on. So I am definitely still sipping on my uh, my Liberty Creek Sweet Red. Okay, that ain't going nowhere, no time soon. That's what it's going to be. And I put some pieces of tangerine up in there, and I got my purple straw. I got ice on the side of here, but we're not dipping no ice in it because it is. You got that purple straw. Did you fire the red straw? No. So what had happened was that I bought this big old bag of straws, <laughs> and I clipped the ends <laughs> just to get it to the size I need. So that's what's going on now. I'm going to try. Look, you all going to see all kind of different color straws, but you will see straw and you will see ice and you will see a tall glass of wine. I drink it all the way wrong every time. And it's okay because that's just my way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. So, CB, what you got over there? Nothing. You know what? Not even this. Not even, not even this. Not even water. She's going to sit out two hours without drinking nothing, sipping on nothing. Her throat is going to be dry. You going to talk tonight. George, <laughs> what you got? Uh, really, Crystal? I mean, really? I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, that's how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, well, you know, I got my favorite. Yay. My St. James, baby. The St. James red wine. I got to have it. So yes. I. So I'm right here. I got my goblet with you, Mimi. Yay! Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Crystal, let's go. Oh, wait, she ain't got nothing. I have nothing. (laughs) 
Trey, I know you know got I mean? something. So I know you got to have something. And you just got you watching Medea goes to jail. Right. <laughs> Somebody going to jail. I think we need a petition to change the name to Medea goes to jail with Mimi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they took one of our pictures and put it in, in people's magazines, so they might as well do something with my name on it. I'm right. calling out Mr. Tyler Perry, okay? Do something with your girl. And that's all. That, <laughs> look, that ain't got nothing to do with Tyler Perry. That got everything to do with me because I'm the one who has stayed away throughout the years. Every time they call me for work, I'm like, it's okay. I'll pass. I got something going on. So it's really me. And they probably done gave up. Like, we ain't calling her no more. So she always <laughs> say no. Trey got some great goose in the building. Hey. Uh-oh. I love hey. it. It's a. Uh... G R E. <laughs> well, we know what we know what you're trying to say, Trey. Okay, George, don't be like that. <laughs> Killing me, Trey. Killing me. He's really, really drinking over there. Okay, <laughs> he got the real stuff for real, for real, for real. Okay, you can't so, disrespect the goose like that. Heck nah. <laughs> oh Lord, boy, I tell you, and it came in. Okay. So we got a whole lot going on on the 411 tonight, guys. So I'm gonna um I'm gonna go ahead and jump right into it. 62-year-old mayor shoots himself in the head after being exposed as a TTW, which stands for thick transgender woman. And this happened in Alabama. An Alabama preacher and politician, and I always say the two things that I don't talk about is politics and religion, but honey, this one caught me and I just had to run with it. So an Alabama preacher and politician killed himself on Friday, two days after being outed for having a secret life he shared online as a transgender curvy girl. So F.L. Bubba Copeland, who was the mayor of Tiny Smith Station with a population of just about 6,756 people, as well as the pastor at First Baptist Church in nearby Phoenix City, or Phoenix City, shot himself after 5 p.m. in front of sheriffs who were following him. Copeland was married and a father of three. So he used to dress like a woman. Does it mean he was transgender? Okay, anyway, let me keep going. Oh, uh, <laughs> guess what? I got it. You, you got I knew it. it like? See, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Cut me off, baby. Cut me off, please. I love it when you find it. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Doo-doo. At least I think this they got. The, you know what? They put up uh, a picture of him and something else. Yeah, this is another drag queen okay. in Knoxville. The, there's many of them. So but anyway, the, uh, yeah, so, yeah. The, so, so let me let me keep moving because I know you're gonna probably find it at some point. Just cut me off if you do. So his suicide came after the police was asked to do a welfare check and began tailing his car. He exited the vehicle, produced a handgun, and took his own life, the sheriff said. Copeland's suicide followed an expose or an expose in 1819 News, a news site once owned by the conservative think tank, the Alabama Policy Institute, that described Copeland's secret life online as a transgender woman under the pseudonym. Brittany Blair Summerlin. Brittany described herself as a transitioning transgender curvy girl that loves smiling clothes and shoes. Copeland referred to himself as a thick transgender woman and encouraged other trans women to go on hormone replacement therapy. 
He also posted transgender porn and transgender fiction and erotica that he apparently wrote according to 1819 News. One of his social media profiles showed Copeland wearing different women's outfits, including bedroom photos of himself in women's underwear. So you guys already know what happened. Somebody chose to expose him. He couldn't take it, blah, blah, blah. And I think George got something on it. Oh, hold on. That is terrible. Yep. Here you go. Let me get this uh, audio working here. Okay. All right. Just days after a conservative news site published a story that showed alleged photos of him on social media, allegedly wearing women's clothes and makeup. They claim he led a secret life and labeled himself on sites as a transgender curvy girl. NBC News is not going to show those pictures. The news site did not respond to our request for comment. Copeland is also the pastor at a local church where he addressed the two articles just two days before he died. Listen. I apologize for any embarrassment caused by my private and personal life. I have nothing to be ashamed of. A lot of things that were said were taken out of context. I want to bring in Morgan Chesky, who's covering this one for us tonight. Morgan, Mayor Copeland had been the mayor of this town, Smith's Station, for years. What else do we know about him and how this happened? Yeah, Hallie, uh, elected back in 2016, we know the Smith Station is a town of about 5,000 people. And when Bubba Copeland was elected, it was reported that he really wanted to try to grow this small community, bring new business in. It was a place that he recently described as a modern-day Mayberry. And by all accounts, he was successful during his tenure as mayor. And you mentioned, Hallie, he wasn't just the mayor of Smith Station here. He was also the pastor of a local church, also owned a local convenience store so he was just about as involved as you can get in a small rural community there uh, where he had been uh, beloved by many and in 2019 he even had a chance to meet then president trump his major test as a local leader came whenever this community endured a horrific tornado that killed 23 people in that small community there and it was building from that that he initially intended to run again of course up until he tragically took his life on friday uh, following the publishing uh, of that article that we will not be showing hallie can you talk a little bit about the community all right that's enough mm. he's fat and ugly he had to be an ugly woman it had to be an ugly woman named bubba <laughs> yeah i mean i'm just saying Hey, JJ, what's going on? How you doing? Glad to see Hi, you. Tonight. Hi, JJ. <laughs> okay, so what? this is the thing, though. And then they show pictures with him and Trump. Right. And if Trump right. had anything to do with this, because Trump was probably like, look, you can get me a million people to vote for me next year, or else I'm going right. to get shit out. <laughs> right. Oh, God. I hope it wasn't nothing crazy like that, because, oh. You know what? I, I'm sorry. That's that's just that's not yeah, cool. I, I'm just not even surprised. Hey, these southern preachers. Whew, talk about in the closet. I mean, he should have just held out on being my reality show. You guys know I have a transgender reality show coming out where heterosexual men are coming out. Anyway. Um that part. Yeah, that did part. you just <laughs> plug your show? 
<laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't say the name of it, so <laughs> but stay tuned because it's coming. It's really coming. Anyway, so moving right along, okay, from the transgender world, Kiki Palmer, and you. Let me tell y'all something. Oh, I absolutely Lord. look. I look. I don't care what nobody say. I love this little girl. I just really, really do. Because at the end of the day, she only being herself. She wanted a pretty baby. She got a pretty baby. I don't really like how she's going about doing this though, and I don't really like how she's going about doing this little boy because. He he wasn't ready. He, he it t- it takes somebody. It takes a real somebody to deal with Kiki, you know, because she's she's she a, a she a piece of work, you know. But I I'm sorry. I just love her. Anyway, so it appeared that Kiki Palmer and her little boyfriend Darius Jackson had repaired their relationship, but things seem to have degenerated once again. So what happening is that whatever it is that he's feeling, because he's going through, he's on his feelings. And when he ever, whenever he gets in his feelings, he jumps online. And this is what you don't do. Because instead of communicating with your girl and saying, look, mama, I'm really not feeling what's going on. Shit is going a different direction. Lily, la, la, la. That's not the case. He's bringing it to social media. So he done brought things to social media to the point where other celebrities and whatnot are responding. So he put out there, being betrayed by someone you love really changes your mindset. Then he came back on another rant. Nobody apologized for how they treated me. They just blamed me for how I reacted. Then he comes back at another rant. Normalize not for, normalizing not forcing connections. If someone can't see the value in having you by their side, don't try to convince them. Then he just went from one to another to another. Like He would come back every couple hours and post something out there. And you don't think that she's going to see it. You don't think that, you know, first of all, you're so connected to her. You're damn near celebrity yourself just because of her. By all defaults of the world, you are now in the limelight. So everything you do, if you fart in the grocery store and somebody walks into it, they're going to be talking about you. So stop and, and, and let it go or just leave her. Because y'all got a beautiful baby together, and that's probably all she wants. She just wanted a beautiful little baby with a light-skinned boy, and that child is just beautiful. So she got what she wanted, and, you know, you got your little publicity. Find something and do it. If you're a barber, open up the best barbershop, because guess what you're going to be known as? Kiki's ex-husband with a badass barbershop, and everybody coming there because they want to see who Kiki baby daddy is. (laughs) Use the situation and bring up yourself instead of being the... The pity party ain't gonna work with Kiki. She don't like no weak man. She the man. Well, okay, let me just keep moving. <laughs> Anybody got anything so, to say on that? <laughs> so, so here's here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, here's what I'm, I'm. So, I was pulling up some stuff about it. It ran oh. across her whole deal. Her whole new series. That premiered on Thursday, and now oh. I'm gonna have to go find it. I'm I had to get some clips of this. You know what series I'm talking about? She got the series. Hold on, before I even say the title, let me play this. Warning: The following video contains explicit language, which may be offensive to some viewers or inappropriate for children. The content within this video is intended for mature audiences only. <laughs> okay. So, she has a new series called The Psychological Evolution 
of fucking boys. You know what? That is not right. Because <laughs> I know exactly where she's going with that. And if she's right. doing if she's doing a series, that means it's gonna be a lot of women wow. coming forward talking about their experiences and probably showcasing some of their deals. Yikes. I don't know, but apparently this this uh it premiered last Thursday okay. on YouTube and Facebook. I need to go and check so it out. We're gonna have to hunt that down. Yeah. We have to bring y'all some clips. We got to bring y'all some clips about <laughs> Kiki's premiere, the psychological issues fucking boys. Wow. I she shouldn't have fucked one. That's okay, so scary. anyway. Um, <laughs> JJ, so Roger is not here tonight, honey. I don't know if he's going to pop in later. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, CB said that he's not, so maybe he's not. But y'all got he's us. At, he's stuck at working late. Okay. So got to clock them dollars. Got to clock them dollars, baby. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so we're going to keep it moving. While um, while, while all kinds of things are just hot. The 411 is hot tonight. Because these pastors, honey, I don't know what's going on with them. Like I said, which is the reason why I don't like talking about politics and religion, but these pastors are, are on some sh other sh shite. Yeah. So a Texas pastor forced to pay $2.4 million to a woman that he gave herpes to. And this is how that went down. So according to KPRC, two studios in Houston, Wes sought out an unidentified woman on Facebook, mind you. And the two soon had a rendezvous that resulted in a sexual in sexual intercourse. According to the court documents and testimony, the woman almost immediately experienced physical symptoms consistent with genital herpes and consulted medical professionals who confirmed it. When the female victim confronted West, he initially lied and said he was not the carrier of herpes. However, she could confirm that he was and the carrier through medical records West later admitted that he got the disease from the mother of his children. The jury found West guilty of battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and fraudulent concealment. The jury's, ver the, um, the jury's verdict included $1.4 in compensatory damages and another $1 million in exemplary punitive damages because the woman will have to live with the STD for the remainder of her life. Girl, go get yourself a Dr. Say because with some herbs, you're good. <laughs> Houston Reverend ordered to pay $2.45 million to a woman that a jury found he gave herpes to. Tonight, that woman's lawyer is speaking only to our Devin Clark, who's live outside the courthouse where the judgment was granted just this morning. Devin. Keith Daniela, that attorney we spoke to, says it was a three-day trial with six and a half hours of deliberations. And after that, a jury found Reverend Ralph D. West II liable and ordered that hefty judgment. 
Right, I can't fix it. She's got it for the rest of your life. Attorney Sean Murphy is speaking for his client, who a jury found contracted genital herpes from Reverend Ralph D. West II after meeting off Facebook. As seen here on the Church Without Walls website, he's listed as the Eldridge Campus Minister. The things that we look at for cases like these are essentially four things. Is the defendant infected and how can we prove it? Did he know he was infected? And, you know, how do we prove, do we have evidence of that? Not only does Murphy say they were able to prove those facts, but also that Wes lied when asked about having herpes and that he gave it to his client after they had unprotected sex in March of 2018. She got an outbreak two or three days later, um, went in and got tested. And, you know, from there, able, you know, through the medical records, able to identify that he was the source of it, in part because she hadn't been with anybody else. She had had a prior negative test. Murphy says subsequent conversations supported the claims. When she asks, you know, where did this come from? His response was his son's mother. He adds there were also emails between West and his client. Where she accuses him of knowing he had it, of giving it to her. Um, you know, and there's other allegations about not caring. Yeah, now you're repeating shit. Right. Uh, <laughs> but that's crazy. Uh, look, so wait a minute now. Real quick. JJ, <laughs> where are you at on this on this push-up challenge? Uh, what's up? I mean. I'm doing this you know, push-up challenge. I hate him. some details. Roger. And your arms hurt. What, what, how many are you doing a day? You doing 10, 5, 50, 100? Let us know what it is. What you got, girl? <laughs> Roger about to get his ass kicked next week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and we ain't got no emails with no videos or nothing. I mean, I'm just saying how we know you might be lying. Those arms might be hurting because somebody else got you in some kind of other position. Yeah, well, that uh, might be due to your man. <laughs> we know y'all freaky over there. <laughs> Oh, Lord. that's what's wrong with these people. That's why they made condoms. Exactly. But the thing is, though, you meet somebody on Facebook, you get with them and then bam. And you don't think that if y'all met on Facebook and he had you do that, you don't think he was sleeping around with other people, too? If he got right. you on Facebook, he had had others on Facebook, too. Ain't no telling who else he done got right. caught up. Oh, Lord. That part. All like, these other women that going to be like, oh, my God, I can't say I slept with him. Now all my business is going to be out in the air. Some folks are secretly living with this okay 33 a day is what he said that's not bad Yo, your arms are hurting huh <laughs> oh she got the videos she got the videos you better send the email hey put the email address uh, in the chat across uh, yeah. <laughs> let that thing scroll cb what you got to say mama you over there all quiet nothing i mean What's there to say? It's pretty messed up what he did. Yeah, it is. It is. So I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep it moving with the four one one. Um. So college basketball player fatally shot while driving. The suspect had intended to kill a female who he was in and out of a relationship with. See, this is how the stuff gets crazy when you got friends that are crazy. So, and this happened in Massachusetts. A Massachusetts man was arrested for the murder of a college basketball player who was shot while driving. Pena Canella, 18, pleaded not guilty on Thursday. Authorities alleged that he fatally shot Carl Hens Belliard Wednesday night. The uh, Worcester Telegram and Gazette reported. Okay. Prosecutors said that the victim was in the car with a woman 
who was the intended target and was allegedly in and off in a relationship with Canela. Canela reported and told the authorities that he was looking for the woman and fired the shots. It's news to me that he allegedly stated he committed the murder. Canela's defense attorney, Deborah DeWitt, said at Thursday's arraignment, CBS reported, I'm saying at this point in time, my client is innocent. How can he be innocent if he said he did it? I think there's a lot of information <laughs> that we need to know. Bellier Dett was devastated to his family and friends in the war Fester community where he played as a freshman on Salem State's basketball team. He loved basketball so much, his mother said. He loved his brother. He was a great kid. He was very happy. And um, he was happy with school and he was doing well. Poor thing. Rest in peace, little dude. That's so sad. the little dude decided that he's going to shoot his girl. He was in and out of relationship. I ended up shooting his homeboy who drove him to the scene to shoot the little girl. So he would have been an accessory to a crime anyway. So he was still going down. So instead he went down, down. He went down, down. The shooter wasn't. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah, JJ, she going to get it. So this is what JJ said on the last one, off the last one. Uh-huh. First off, yeah. why is your dumb ass going bareback with ninja? <laughs> uh, with, yeah, met. we know what you're going to say. You right. just met. That's your damn. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Second, does she really think she's going to get that money? Oh, oh she's yeah. going to get she's it. She's going to get it. It was awarded oh. by the court. Yeah, she's definitely. What will happen is if he does, if he fails to pay it, then the court pays it and they send him to jail and he's got to stay in jail for the immediate amount of time because when you're in jail, the state is given X amount of dollars from the government for every day you're in jail. Mm-hmm. So he got to be in there long enough to get $2 million worth of money off of him. So they're going to get their money. They're gonna get it. So they'll pay her. If he fails to pay, they'll pay her, and then that's it. What do you mean from who? Oh, that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just explain. That's what I'm saying. So right, right. So you know, moving forward, heartbreaking Black Panther stuntman and his three children were killed in a car crash in Atlanta. That one was devastating. So Ramses, he's 41 years old, who also appeared in Avengers and other films, was on his way home around 11 p.m. on Halloween night when he slammed into the truck that had broken down near an exit on an Atlanta area highway, according to reports. Officials says that Ramses, along with his 13-year-old daughter, Sundari, and newborn daughter, Bugibo, were all pronounced dead at the scene. His 10-year-old son, uh, Kisasi Ramses, was rushed to the hospital but died days later. The victim's family announced the heartbreaking news over the weekend, according to WAGA. It was also noted that two of Ramses' daughters, who were also in the family vehicle, reportedly survived, according to the family. That is sad. So yeah, imagine Mr. Wakanda himself dead and now his stuntman dead. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Condolences to the family. And anybody have anything to say about that? So, um, you know, I hate when the news people lie. They tell you we got they tell you they got a video or something, and then when you pull it up, it's something different. 
Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to keep it moving. Yeah. So guys, okay. So I need somebody to educate me on how to say Tia's last name. Is it Maori or Mori? Maori? Maori. I have no idea. Okay. So Tia Maori and Corey's divorce settlement allows Tia to keep their $4.3 million home, but prohibits both of them from introducing new romantic partners to their children. How stupid is that? Hmm. So, so none of them can move on because if, or if any of them move on, they can't introduce the kids to the person that they're with. So now you're going to have your kids secretly around people or secretly rendezvousing and having this individual come to the house and get some and leave out before the kids get up <laughs> or come knocking on the door or you in the bed with this person, y'all dead asleep in the bed, come, mommy, who's this? This is not my daddy. And next thing you know, daddy finds out, this is stupid. Why do y'all put y'all lives in the hands of these courts? <laughs> and what kind of fight are y'all having in court? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Right. What kind of fight are y'all having in court for the court to say, look, 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 look. You don't bring no man around these kids and you don't bring no woman around these kids and that's final. <laughs> but the court didn't decide that. That's something that they would mutually come up with. It's that is stupid. The, yeah, the court can't mandate you to not bring mm -hmm. people around your kids. Well, the kid well, the courts could do a lot of shit when you're doing shit. What they can, doing? but that's got to be a mutual thing between the parents. That usually the court doesn't have a say in. They're so dumb. That's almost like saying, look, eventually we're going to still get back together and fuck. So what we're going to do is. Well, you never know. They might. They may want to try to mend their relationships. Like Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor married multiple times uh, after divorcing. And uh, Nene Links married Greg again after divorcing. So. Anything is possible. Maybe they are trying to, you know, work on it. You just never know. Yeah, JJ, I guess I can agree with y'all. That was an agreement between them. But still, though, like who? Like, okay, so what's going to happen is I'm going to keep the house, but I can't bring nobody to the house because you don't want me in the house because you don't want me getting some in the house that you were just getting some in. Yeah, because she doesn't have to, neither one of them has to pay spousal support or anything like that either. So, um Man, there's gonna be violations on this right here. I can see it. I see it down the line. We're gonna be talking about that. Okay. Okay. So, keeping it moving forward as we will. Four Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department employees die by suicide within the last two days. So, authorities discovered three of the four victims. On Monday, the first of whom was found dead in Valencia, KTLA reported. Just more than two hours later, they found a second victim in Lancaster. Then authorities discovered another body in Stevenson Ranch, police said. The fourth victim was located at a hospital in Pomona, where he was pronounced dead. Authorities are not sure what caused the sudden deaths, but the department did a release, released a statement on Tuesday night. This was last night. We are stunned by these deaths and it has sent shockwaves of emotions throughout the department as we try and cope with the loss of not just one, but four beloved active and, and retired members 
our department's family, Sheriff Rob Luna said, during trying times like these, it's important for the personal, okay, 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 whatever. Four police officers decided to end their lives. They must have had a really big case coming up. Because I find that real hard to, okay, look, this is what the four of us going to do, okay? We don't want this to come out. Mm. Already had a transgender situation. Uh, I am PTSD, Trey, really? PTSD all four at the same time on the same day? That's one of those situations. <laughs> Did you find anything on it, George? I know you're over there. Your finger's going. Yeah, I, I was looking, but then they they do that stuff again where they tell you it's one video and then it's another one. Yes. But I was looking at it and uh they were showing off they were showing a video of an officer being shot during a traffic stop. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, PTSD four four officers on the same day, it could happen. Okay. I don't want no. to be against it, but that's I'm that's gonna tell you what happened. They asked in some bullshit, doing some dirty police shit. And some other motherfuckers went over there, killed their ass, set it up, made it look like a suicide, and went on about their business. You see, because this is what they said. They, they probably said got what they just, deserve. They said not just one, but four beloved active and retired members of our department family. So something happened in that little circle right there. Like I'm, I'm telling you. I want to they say something, some, but I can't they say They was it. in some gang, they was in some gang ex, extortion shit, and motherfuckers got tired of it and wiped them off the map. That was a hit. Made it look like a suicide. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure more information about all that is going to come out later. So, right. moving, around, moving right along. You guys remember what happened a couple of months ago with the, the, the captain of this, um, the Montgomery Brawl? Evidently, the black co-captain involved in Montgomery Brawl reportedly charged with third-degree assaults. So the co-captain involved in the Montgomery Brawl was charged with third-degree assault. This comes three months after the viral incident occurred on August 5th. Four individuals were charged and arrested with, the, with assault in Pickett. Court filing labeled Pickett as a victim in the case. Richard Roberts, who Pickett identified as the man as the main attacker, pleaded guilty after accepting a plea deal in the case. He then apologized to Pickett for his actions that day. 25-year-old Zachary Shipman, another individual charged with assault in Pickett, said um, that he was simply defending himself and accused Pickett of striking him. Pickett is due to be arraigned in court on November 21st, 2023. I don't know why. But I guess they probably made it that, you know, he could have prevented something. And here he goes. Or maybe probably. the people that got hit by chairs came forward. Had <laughs> <Like>, it <laughs> not been for him, I wouldn't right. be hit by a chair. Now I got to be somewhere for the rest of my life. Um, right. Getting things done that I have. No That's what happened when you do extra. Right. It was good until they started doing extra. Right. So. Okay, guys. This other thing right here that I'm about to talk about, 
I, I just found it really, really interesting. So I'm going to talk about it. I don't know how, if there's any kind of video out there on it, but excessive cell phone usage. And this is for you men. And I know George, you're going to trip Trey. I know you're going to trip. I don't know if Roger were here. He probably flipped, but excessive cell phone usage could contribute to low sperm count. And this probably goes for some of you that are still interested in having kids. Stop putting your phones in your pocket. I don't know. Anyway, so a recent study, because, you know, a study had to get done for this shit to be out like this. A recent study was published in a fertility and st uh, sterility journal found that excessive cell phone usage could decrease sperm cell concentration and total sperm count. Scientists in Switzerland examined 5,605 men ages 18 to 22 between 2005 and 2018. So they've been doing this for a while. The participants were surveyed about various aspects of their health and lifestyle. The biggest question were regarding their cell phone habits and where they keep their devices when not in use. The study found that most of the men who used their devices over 20 times a day saw a 21% higher risk um, for overall sperm count. Additionally, the participants were 30% more likely to have poor sperm concentrations. These findings were determined after 2,866 of the men consented to genital exams, which included semen examinations. It was also found that the guys who used their phones more did not fit the WHO criteria for fertile men. So through concerns, it remains to be determined whether or not radio frequency ele electromagnetic emissions from phones also contribute to male infertility. Despite the fact that 87, 85.7 of the males kept their cell phones in their pants pockets when not in use, there was no discernible correlation between displacement and the low quality of semen. Blah, 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 blah. I call bullshit. <laughs> okay. I, I call bullshit. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> impact sperm count. Aisha's 536. If you're a man who uses a cell phone, you want to listen to this. New study says using a cell phone too much could impact sperm count. Aisha's at the first alert safety desk to tell us about this. Well, Tammy, the study explores how cell phones impact male fertility. There's some positives I found out just after reading this study this morning from the Journal of Human Reproductive Services, but some of the nitty gritty first, the study found men between the ages of 18 and 22 who use their phones more than 20 times a day had a 21% higher risk for a low overall sperm count. The men in the study also had a 30% higher risk for a low <laughs> sperm concentration. Men who use their phones one to five times a day in contrast or less than that, less than once a week, had much higher sperm counts and concentration. The study did not specify whether the men called or texted or used their phones to do both, but researchers say sperm count has fallen by more than 50% globally in the last 50 years. On a positive note this morning, researchers found as phone technology improves the impact. Mm. 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 They don't want her to finish. Improves what? And then it freezes. <laughs> yeah. It does some shit, good shit, but we're not gonna tell you. <laughs> we that, we that. So you might as well kill it, okay? So George, you might just be wrong. Even your video don't want to play. <laughs> Even your I video call don't bullshit. Play. Okay, so check this out. We're moving right along. So check this out, guys. And and, and let me see. 
what JJ say? Got to go to work. Talk with y'all. Talk to you too, sweetheart. Take care. Bye, JJ. And she said she don't even believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us for a little bit, JJ. Have a good one. Okay. So, yeah. guys, check this out. A man takes a woman on a date. Okay. He's got 150 bucks. She got $500. The bill comes up to $147.97. Who do you think pays the bill? Well, he took her out on a date. He should have went to McDonald's. He, he could pay the bill. He should pay the bill. He should pay the bill. Yeah. Okay. I would say yeah. that too. He should pay the bill, even though, because you know, if I saw that he only got 150 bucks and the bill is $147, I'm gonna at least pay the tip because I'm not I, I don't want to be embarrassed and I don't want to embarrass him and I don't want to look bad. So I'll pay the tip. You all agree to that? I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's not it's not your obligation, <laughs> but I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I'm just saying, I, I heard my thing. If you only got $150 in your pocket and you taking somebody on a date, don't go to a $150 restaurant. Yes, go to Applebee's. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I mean, I'm but just it's saying, it's not rocket science. I'll go to a sports bar or something. Let's play some pool, have some wings and fries, and get to know each other, play a couple games of pool. That's right. way up way under 150 bucks. Right. Or go to Cheesecake Factory. What the hell are you gonna <laughs> that part? <laughs> that part. I'm gonna tell cheesecake you something. Factory. I'm gonna tell you something. Two people going to Cheesecake Factory could well come over 150 bucks, okay? Dave and Busters, there you have it, Trey. We're gonna yeah. play some games. We might bowl play some pool. That's 150 bucks right there. We're gonna have a great time. Right. And guess what? I ain't even gotta pay the tip. Nobody. <laughs> right. Well, me and like I've taken <laughs> me and the twins go to Cheesecake Factory. I've never paid <laughs> over a hundred dollars, and that's for three people. So I don't know what they would order. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's super crazy. Now, I did see a video of a girl who um this guy invited her out and I guess she had been turning him down a lot. And then finally she agreed to go out with him because she wanted to eat. And so they went to um, a restaurant. The only thing he had was a drink that he didn't even touch, but she had 40 uh, helpings of clams. And then she ordered some steak and a whole bunch of other shit. And then when the bill came, uh, dude dipped on her. He left, he, her with, he left her with the bill, and he, the only thing he had was a drink, which notably in the video was not touched. He did not touch his drink. So he left. He told her he was going to the bathroom, and he dipped out. You know what? I'm, I'm glad for him. Kudos for him. Wherever he's at, kudos, baby boy. Because right. this is the thing. You don't do that to somebody. You know, that's some deliberate bullshit you yeah, want to go ahead and, and, and be like right. this here with your girlfriend's girl. Look at all I'm getting. Eh, 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 eh. All this yeah, bullshit. Yeah, she was live. She was live streaming the whole time. Look at and that. And I look, I didn't even know really that. stupid afterwards because he dipped out. He no. sure did. Women be doing too much shit. And that's, and that's just really, really called too much. So, uh, Crystal, I'm going to ask you a question. Hmm. Would you kiss a girl for 10 minutes for $10,000? <laughs> Trey said he called a Uber. <laughs> you might have. <laughs> Who's to say he didn't drive? He didn't drink. 
<laughs> right. He left. Um, would I kiss a girl for ten, 10 minutes for ten thousand dollars? Yes. Okay, George. <laughs> would you kiss a guy for ten minutes for ten thousand dollars? <laughs> I didn't hear you say it again. Know your answer is gonna be what, what'd, you, what'd you say? I, I reversed the question. I said, Would you kiss a guy? Hold on, <laughs> what about a hundred thousand? Would you do it then? A hundred thousand, yes, you would. <laughs> you take it hold too on, long. Your lips moving, I can't hear nothing. I know hold you on. do it for a million dollars. Hold on, hold on a minute. You keep going up. <laughs> okay. No, we are not. You know you do it for a million dollars. Oh God. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yes, you look, would. Look at Trey. Trey said, "I'll run and kiss my daddy for." <laughs> that doesn't count, Trey. That doesn't count. And for ten million, you probably would, and be like, "Look, we're gonna make this a part of somebody's movie, okay?" Because <laughs> you gonna get royalties on top of that shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would. For, At the end of the day, 10, it ain't gonna mean for, shit and don't stock me neither. For ten million for ten million dollars, I would kiss Arnold Schwarzenegger and put a rainbow in the back of my window <laughs> and roll That's out. In my watch, Bugatti. Gotta watch what you say like, on this show. Uh, People are listening. Okay. Hey. Hey. This, this shit will come back some years from now. You're trying to do something real big, and they'd be like, Did you say? Or Arnold show up talking about where my kiss. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> Wearing a shirt just like that. <laughs> you a mess. You a total mess. Oh, shoot. Well, guys, look, it has been wonderful for me. That is for me with my 411. Do you guys have any 411s? Oh, yeah, I got a little bit of something, 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 something. Let's go, run look, it. Look, you see what Trey said? What? Money, Money talks, talks, bullshit, bullshit walks. walks. That's right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say no. I won't freaking hey, knock it. For 10,000, I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> but for 10 million, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Baby, you could really have anything you want. As a matter of fact, quit all your jobs. <laughs> every time somebody okay. says something, every time I'm every time somebody say something, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking at them just like this, going, "Yeah, I did it like that uh -huh. exactly." I sure did. I sure did. Yeah. Just like that. Just like right. that. I'll be like, uh, "Hold on, let me, let me, would you say? Let me answer that question again." Yep, I did it. Uh -huh. Want some of these? Nope, can't handle. A mess, a mess on earth, a mess on earth. So break out your four one one, George. Let's go. All right. So this is some, is some semi bullshit. I mean, this shit fucked me up when I ran across it a little earlier. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is, I damn. Let me put my boy up here now. This is a long video, so I'm just gonna play a little insert of it. But it just 
I don't even, I really, I don't even know what to think about it. I mean, because when he, when he responds to it, he says some shit that kind of makes sense, but then I'm like, nah, you're on some bullshit. <laughs> So here we go, Mr. Al Sharpton, uh, informant for the FBI. Bring himself an informant. In an interview with the New York Times addressing the issue, he said, most of what I looked through on the smoking gun does not remind me of anything I was involved in. The claim is I helped get the mob, not that I was in the mob. I was never told I was an informant. Sharpton would further explain his stance in another interview with the New York Daily News. If you're a victim of a threat, you're not an informant. You're a victim trying to protect yourself. I encourage kids all the time to work with law enforcement. You're acting like it's a scandal for me to do that. Now, according to Oxford Languages, an informant is a person who gives information to another. According to Time, the smoking gun who started the initial documents claimed that Sharpton worked as an FBI NYPD crime task force. The source says Sharpton would allegedly talk to mobsters with a bug briefcase and the information he gathered led to the bugging of family social clubs, cars, and phone lines. Now, in 1988, the New York Times reported that in addition to helping law enforcement lock up mafia crime families, Sharpton was also involved in criminal investigation of black community groups. When he caught wind of this, Sharpton denied and claimed that anonymous political foes were trying to discredit him at a time when the civil rights movement is at a rebirth. Using black informants to work for law enforcement is something that extends back to slavery, but its most notable reign was between 1967 to 1973 as part of the Ghetto Informant Program, or GIP. The Ghetto Informant Program was ran by the FBI in order to collect information related to riots and civil unrest. The program was born after the Watts riots and their targets were people that were likely to have information in these ghetto areas. The informants acted as listening posts and monitored who the FBI considered as black extremists like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Huey Newton, and more. One of the first major projects of the GIP was to monitor and disrupt Martin Luther King's Poor People's Campaign. It's also been revealed that at least 67 informants were members of the Black Panther Party. Joining me is our very own You Be The Judge analyst, Joya, to discuss this conversation further first and foremost thank you so what do you think about that al sharpman was an fbi informant so this is the thing i saw when the little letters were scrolling up on the screen there i about saw two names I martin said, luther I, king i saw don king's name and i saw donald trump's name i saw i saw them two and martin luther king Okay, yeah, I didn't see Emma King because I was busy writing, so my, my eyes and yeah. down here. But they were saying see? these are people that, that he was being informant against in that little article. That's what they're people that the FBI was using him to get close to to get so information. He said that he was never an informant for the FBI. That means he had to be a snitch. Is even if you weren't paid to be an informant, you was a snitch and you and you had bugged briefcases so you were telling right and you made it this far somebody must have gotten into him nobody knew now they know no somebody had to know now somebody know now somebody said something and now he had to come out and do his little story right now he's trying to clean it up 
but he's still a marked man. You don't do that and live to tell about it. Man. I, 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 Not I, in the hood. My suggestion to him is watch your back. Dude. Yeah, he, he can he claim to be from the hood too. Oh, mm. shoot. He already knows. Yeah, he gonna, he gonna. Now that yeah. it's out, I mean. He got some issues. Well, I guess on. he feels that like he's lived his entire life and he's done a whole lot. Cause you know, he's done a whole lot in all these different communities. Say that to say, maybe he thought that he was doing good by doing all this good after he did all that bad. But nothing washes away. None of that stuff washes away easily. You know what that is? That's an old person trying to get in heaven now. Exactly. Well, he'll be going sooner than later. <laughs> right. That part. Not that we want to wish that on him, but you know, you've done it it's, to yourself, basically. Yeah. It's not wishing on him. I mean, yeah. that right there is inevitable. The stuff that he's done and the people he's done it to. They're mm -hmm. not gonna take that line down. Yes, there will definitely be some retaliation and some some uh, consequences for his actions. Now he has, I mean, there's no disputing the good that he has done for the black community. But with this uh, coming to light, because like I always say, everything done in the dark at some point does come to light. And now yeah. that this information is out, he just better be careful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Well, George, you want to take us to a quick break? So, yeah, after or this one, hold on. Else. Go ahead. Um, so this is one we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So I, I did find out sort of what, what brought this case forward in uh, the searches is that um, this family of uh, this black man that got shot in the hospital um, um, was awarded a lawsuit just recently. Um, but Trey said they're going to make him swim with the fish. <laughs> you so right. He better don't go on no boating trips no time soon. He better stay away from the water. He about to go wading with some concrete shoes. <laughs> it's terrible. But uh, so this is uh, I'm not gonna play the whole video, but I'm gonna play some of this because it's just too long. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is the black man that got shot uh, 20 times by the police department while he's in the hospital. They shot him in the hospital. Yeah, he was in the hospital. What? Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Davy, if you take my spot, I'm going to tase him. Get your hand up now. Hand up. Quit waiting to do it. I got you. Get your hand up. I swear to God, dude. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, they my killed God. him. They put 20 bullets inside of him. Here's the update to that story. The coroner has now officially ruled it to be obviously a homicide, okay? Now, this happened in Columbus, Ohio. 
we've been following this, not on indisputable, but we've been following this. And now we know some details that you should know. Miles Jackson, let's put up his picture with his family. He's the man that was begging for his life and killed inside of the emergency room at the hospital in Ohio. According to the police report, Jackson allegedly had a gun tucked into his sweatpants and the gun reportedly went off. That's what's on the report, which does not mean he opened fire at all. It just means the gun went off. That's what the police report says. Now, medical examiner has ruled Jackson's death a homicide and reported that he was shot 20 times and suffered wounds to his head, chest, and abdomen. Earlier the same day, let me tell you how we got here. Earlier the same day, Jackson was reportedly taken to the same hospital he was killed in, Mount Carmel St. Anne's Hospital. That's in Westerville for some kind of treatment. He was in the hospital for treatment, but Jackson walked away from the hospital and was later found passed out in a nearby parking lot. He's having a medical issue, which is why Westerville police were called. According to the AP, after a pat down where an officer previously cautioned for rushing his duties, missed Jackson's gun. Those officers followed medics back to the hospital where Jackson was met by Columbus police because he had a city warrant, a city warrant, all right? That means it's probably a traffic ticket, it's, it's a city ordinance, he had a city warrant. That officer and the Columbus officers who shot Jackson were all white, okay? Miles Jackson was shot 20 times, it really seems like there had to be another way. Of course, back the blue advocates are going to immediately argue the shooting was justified and Jackson asked for it despite him repeatedly asking for the opposite thing. To others, this is a clear case of police brutality, which is why according to AP, protests in Columbus followed the shooting. At any rate, the AG's office concluded its investigation of the shooting in August and decided to forward it to the Franklin County prosecutor, who will determine if charges are to be filed against the cops involved. Now there's a clear double standard here, a very clear, double standard. I would just highlight a couple. This week, Indisputable covered an armed man who went to a sheriff's office to arrest the sitting sheriff. That's in Florida. His name is Robert Abel. The sheriff is the only female elected sheriff in the entire state. Not only was he heavily armed in Clay County, He tried to arrest the sheriff, he had his guns on him. He had ammunition, he had knives, he had a change of clothes, he had medication. He even had meals prepared. They were able to disarm him through physical combat. Mm -hmm. They did not shoot him, they did not kill him. Remember the video you just saw, one officer, a young lady wanted to engage in a non-lethal mm-hmm. element during that during that situation. She said, "Hey, I will tase him." Yes. A couple of weeks ago, indisputable covered another situation 
You see that guy? His name is Matthew Lands. He was wanted for murder. They negotiated with him. He killed a firefighter. They negotiated with him. He came downstairs. He stabbed a cop six times. After he stabbed the cop six times, they did not shoot him. They did not kill him. He then fights all of the police inside of that house, all the way to the outside of the house on the front yard. And then they finally shoot him to wound him. He was wounded. He stabbed a cop six times and he goes to court. Clear, double standards. Yes. All right. Now, now let me back this up for a second. And so you can hear what he's saying at the beginning. You know, room nine, he's still got a gun. Get your hand up. I got it up. Get your other hand up. Okay. Sir, I am. Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, no. Can't really move. I, I am, sir. I am, sir. I am. Can you just, can you just calm down, sir? Now! How do you make him calm down? I said, I can't get up, sir. I can't get up. Get your hand up. I don't care. Let go of it. Let go of it. I let go of it, sir. It's on the floor. Get your hand up now. Get your hand, get your other hand up. My other hand is up, sir. Put it up above your head. Put it on your head. Get your right hand up. We're trying. Other hand, dumbass. Get your other hand on your head now. I'm just scared. Get your hand up. I'm just scared if I move, you're going to shoot. Put your hand on your head. I'm just scared if I Put your hand on your head. Oh, my God. Put your Oh my god. I'm scared if I move, you're gonna shoot me. Oh god. Seriously. I mean, I'm just saying. That hurts every time. I don't care. I don't care what people have going on in their backgrounds. Ridiculous. You know, almost like Floyd. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, what can you do? Because they don't see us as human. They don't care. That is sad. So, I this video right here, like, nails them to the wall, like, serious. This this video, you know, that right there brings us to our whole topic for the night. Yes. Racism and first responders. Yes. So, as soon as we take this pause for the calls, we're going to come back to that, because I got something real interesting to show you. Let's go. You, so. Mm. Hey everybody, it's me, CB. Join us every Wednesday for your midweek motivator, offering you conversation, motivation, music, laughter, and a whole lot of fun. So tune in. Let's talk. Join us as we shake things up and talk things out. CB and the boys, join us for your midweek motivation. See ya. Totally. I'm gonna make you pop like that. 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 Make you
Get up like that. Hey everybody, let's get together and feel alright with CB and the Boys Radio Show. Join us every Wednesday for your midweek motivator, offering you music, conversation, motivation, laughter, and a whole lot of fun. So there you have it. I got a special request before you before you moving forward. Can we just edit that just a little bit so that song could play just a little bit longer? A little bit longer. A little bit longer. Every time I hear my voice, I, I, every time it I hear makes it, you feel at home. I go right up to home and I be over here jamming, and then all of a sudden the sun cut off like that. And I don't like it. <laughs> okay, oh, we just edit that, my brother, so we could move on a little bit and we could jam a little bit into our segment. <laughs> Thank you. By the next time that we do our show, I'm going to expect to be able to hear me sing just a little bit longer. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Let's see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, y'all. Anyway, George, go ahead, honey. Go ahead, go ahead. Because I know me. I know me. I'm so, still stuck on Trumpton. I'm still stuck on Trumpton. But anyway. Oh, I know. He, yes, it's, I know. it's just crazy. Yes. It's just crazy. All these years, you think he out there fighting a great fight, and in the background, he's snitching. And you know what? And I love it because I'm the one over here always rooting on his outfits and how sharp he is and he keeping his thing going and go till the wheels fall off. And then this is what happened. It always be those that we, that we be watching the most and not really idolizing, but the ones that we be paying attention to the most and the ones that are doing the most are the ones that have been doing some shit and they're covering some shit from way back That's there. That's what it is. Them, way back them, there. Them charismatic people. Them charismatic yeah. people. You know, they use their gift for the bad. It is shocking. It's shocking. Yeah, it's completely shocking. It is. It is. So, George, you got something. So, racism and first responders. That's really crazy. Actually, I wish I had that video, that post that brought this up. Um, I should have gotten that. But what do you think about that? Matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can uh, find it. Okay. And uh, CB? I'm with it. Mm. Your take. But what's your take on that? Which part? All of it. All of Racism, it. Oh, racism yeah. and the first responders all together. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know why anyone would be shocked. Because it's been like that. During the civil rights movement, firefighters were the ones blasting the protesters with um, the fire hoses. So, you know, the impact was so great that it was, you know, taking the skin off of people. So I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. But I do take that back. In the beginning, when I very first saw the video and heard the young man speak about his experience with um, the old retired firefighter who was like 80 years old, he had a birthday and 
he um, walked up. Well, the the black guy, he was doing a delivery. He works for like UPS or something like that. And he was doing a delivery and he saw that the man who was um, a white man and he um, was celebrating his 80th birthday or something like that. And he goes up to me, he says, you know, happy birthday. You know, you've, you've had a lifetime of memories. And then um, he did his delivery and he was walking back out and the old man called him over and he was like, yeah, he was like, but you know, people who look like me let people who look like you burn. Mm. And it just really, he said that it really, you know, took him back, you know, for a minute, like, what? And he was talking about how he regrets his actions and his coworkers' actions where they would, he said he st it still haunts him. He can still hear the screaming of black babies burning in the buildings. And he said the last time that he did it was when he goes into a burning building and it was a house fire and he went in to save a child and he just looked and saw the child was, was a black child and let the child burn. Didn't uh -huh. rescue. And then it just really got me to thinking like, man, you know, why should we be shocked? Why should we be surprised? Because it's been shown time and time and time and time again that black people are not looked on as people. They don't care. We're a threat. So they wanna get rid of the threat. You know how hard that is to do though? When you say get rid of the threat, that's a very hard thing to do because nine times out of 10, you don't even know who is and isn't until something does happen. And then you find out later on that, you know, this is what it is. But the thing is they didn't care, you know, if it was, a, if these were good people or not good people, all they cared about is that their skin was black. Mm -hmm. They didn't care that these were humans they don't look at us as humans yeah this is it they don't look at us as humans and when so, you hear this story um, it's it's devastating mm -hmm, to hear mm -hmm, of course because these are the people that have you know sworn an oath to protect and serve whether they're in law enforcement um the medical profession paramedics whatever there, I even like there were people who stitched this video were saying that, you know, and I, and I know that it still happens today. We've seen evidence that it still happens today, but it still hits you because, you know, you have family. I have mm -hmm. children and it scares me to death to think that they could be refused help because of the color of their skin. Yeah. I could be refused help because of the color of my skin. That scares me every day. Mm -hmm. With the car accidents that I've had, what if the rescuers who rescued me didn't want to cut me out of the car because I was black? They would be haunted. 
I'm yeah. telling you now, it'll be a whole lot of this shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> this this video, <coughs> excuse me, this video is a little bit lengthy, but um, this is the story. This is the TikTok that yes. uh, it's lengthy, but it's necessary. Yeah, it's the TikTok that, that sparked us for this topic. Let's go. Yeah. So here we go. That has me literally shaking right now. So for context, I drive trucks and I stop at this Denny's to grab a coffee because I'm addicted to caffeine. I went in there to get my coffee to go and then I walked to the bathroom. But as I'm walking to the bathroom, it's this old guy sitting to the left with about 12 people that's celebrating his 89th birthday. I got a call from my dispatcher and he was like, yo, you can chill, no rush. They're not ready for the freight so you can relax a little bit. Sat down, ordered some food. So now I'm sitting like across from the guy that's celebrating his birthday. Time goes by, I'm down there at the end of my meal and everybody that basically came to celebrate with him had left. So now it's just him and his wife. So as I get up to go wash my hands, I see him and I give him a smile. I'm like, happy birthday, young man, 89. That's a lot of memory to have. Here's the thing. I don't even know why I said that. He could have had Alzheimer's. I don't, I'm not even sure what I what I meant by that. Like, mm -hmm. But that's what I said. And he said, well, thank you, young man. And he smiled and he kind of just stared at me. And I just walked back there and washed my fucking hands. So I come back and his wife is gone. She's talking to some other lady that goes to the same church they do. And he sees me and says, come here, come here, come here. And I say, yes. And he said, there are way too many things that I wish I could forget. And I said, yeah, man, you make it to damn near 100 years old. I'm pretty sure you got a handful of regrets. And he looked at me with the most serious look ever and said, you have no idea. Well, now I'm curious. Do tell. He said, you know, I used to be a firefighter through the 60s and 70s. I said, that's what's up. That's a very commendable job. And he said, yeah, it should be. He said the 60s and 70s was a different time in every way possible. You know that, right? And I'm just like, yeah, no shit. He said, back in those times, I was a way different man. And who knew that we'd get to the point where we are in society today and I'd be feeling the way I'm feeling about the decisions that I made back in those times. So I'm like, man, if you don't fucking tell me, bro. So right before he took a very long pause, he looked at me and said, back in those times, it was very common for firefighters that look like me to leave people that look like you in burning houses and buildings and horrible mm. situations just to say they couldn't get to us. He said more times than he'd like to admit he would hear screaming black people and children in burning buildings and houses and apartments and stores and cars. And he would literally just pretend he didn't hear it. He said his last time doing it was when he made eye contact with the baby that he deliberately went into a building to save and deliberately didn't. And he said that was the last time he did it and he quit that that year. He said the nightmare still hasn't stopped. He still hasn't forgiven himself and therapy helps, but it's still a living nightmare to have those memories. And I guess that shit just shocked me so much because when it came to firefighters, I never thought of them like that. Like when it came to like police officers, lawyers and judges and everybody else, we knew they didn't give a fuck, especially police officers. We knew they didn't give a fuck about us, but I don't know why that didn't click to me that, no, it was everybody that hated us. Everybody. Everybody had a hand in deliberately making our lives worse. When I calmed down from being mad enough to want to pull the plug on his ass, I thought about it. I thought about it. And I was like, of course they did this. Of course. Of course they did this shit. Duh. Like, 
why was I even shocked? Like, I, of course. But it is something that I cannot think about for too long because that visual of you fake going to save somebody and not saving them because of the color of their skin and the entire 911 understanding because, oh, yeah, you couldn't get Jamal. <laughs> oh, well, just another one gone. Like, Mm -hmm. that that shit I don't know wow deep deep which raises the question like is this and I'm pretty sure it's the type of shit that's still happening today yeah I'm sure it is but here's what's crazy so that prompt me to start doing lots of research Mm -hmm. okay so the initial birth of 911 um, was created because when they had riots and situations that were racial like that, they didn't really have a way to notify the police fast enough to get them there involved to deal with the situation. So basically, because of race riots, they created 911 as an emergency response system to get the police on the scene immediately. So they created it to stop black people from whatever the hell they was doing at the time that they didn't like. Yeah. You know. And Trey says, I see it in cops today, Raytown cops. Mm. So here's what's crazy. And um, here, I, and I didn't even see this statement. He said, look, he said, they're scared. Of course they're scared. They're, zap- they're absolutely scared. And we got, I mean, there's proof of it right here. <clears throat> I'm going to show you this report. Now, this comes from a website. This website is called policeviolencereport.org it is we'll put that up here on the screen right here this information comes from policeviolencereport.org really gotta check it out and read it but um, just here this is mapping police violence collected data in nearly in over 12,000 killings by police in 2022. 2022, just last year. So they got 12,001 people were killed by police in 2022. Or 1,200, excuse me, 1,200. I said 12,000, 1,200. Okay. More people were killed by police in 2022 than any other decade in the past in a year, any other year in the past decade, but if you look, it's been over a thousand every year. Over a thousand people killed by police. And it's, and it's probably way more than that. You know, that's just what's yeah, been reported. This is what's reported, but this report comes from the police department. From all the data, yeah, okay. From the I data and out of the police departments, nine ninety-seven percent of the people killed and killed by police in 2022 were killed by police shootings okay 
officers charged with the crime in only 12 of those cases. 1%. That's 1%. That's a problem. The killings. Okay. Now, let me stop right here. Hmm. So, on an average, so like last year alone, there's 241 million 911 calls. 241 million. Mm-mm. 1%. 1%. Actually, a little less than 1% of those calls were calls reporting a crime. Matter of fact, less than 1% of those calls were calls reporting a violent crime. Less than 1% of 241 million. That's that means one. like, That's, yeah, that means like 1,000 calls. Yeah. Only 1,000 out of 241 million. People blowing 911 up and the only less than 1% of the calls were involved in violent crimes. Mm-mm. That's a whole problem. So each year, fewer than, fewer than 3% of the police officers, 3% of killings by police officers are being charged with a crime. Fewer than 3%. Okay. Mm. Mm. Here I identify Officers in 313 cases. At least 22 has, uh, at least 22 of the officers out of 300 cases had killed somebody before. And eight of them had multiple shootings prior to that. Hmm. And they say that most killings begin with police responding to suspected non-violent offenses. Cases where no crime was reported. 87 people out of those 1,287 people were killed after police stopped them for a traffic violation. This is a graph showing the amount of violations when it comes to the traffic violations and what they actually stop people for. So they've gotten to where they stop equipment violations. They hardly pull anybody over for equipment violations before anymore. And in non-moving violations, they don't even bother. They pretty much stop doing that. And all of these stops are for moving violations. All the blue, the light blue are all moving violations. So 109 people were killed after police responded to reports of someone being erratic, of someone behaving erratically or having a mental crisis. A mental crisis. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think I think the problem is, if I may say this, George, is that we have a lot of people that are being recruited as cops in a lot of these different precincts, they're just really like recruiting a lot of young 
kids, a lot of scared people, and they just giving them guns and just, you know what, you get your little training, you get your little certificate, get out here, do your best. You know, the bottom line is go home. You know, don't get out here and get yourself killed. You know, if somebody does the wrong, the, the, the smidget of a move, kill them. Like something has, something is going on at these trainings that that they're just not getting what they're supposed to get in order to get out here and make like real good. Well, decisions. here's here's the problem. The trainings is here's that a, here's they're a, racists well, that it, are being recruited. They, it, I mean, it's on purpose. But here's, here's part of the problem. It's, it's part of the, here's here's the problem. Okay, first of all, at the police department, when it comes to the firing range and discharging your firearm, they train you to shoot to kill. Period. They don't train you to shoot to stop. Well, they're not freaking protecting, serving, and protecting. They're fucking shit up. Well, here's the problem. Here's where the problem is going to come in. Give me a second. They don't train them to shoot to stop, shoot to disable. It's automatically shoot to kill. Because the train of thought is if you got to shoot them, kill them. Okay. But here's the problem. They're not training them what to shoot at and what not to shoot at. You see what I'm saying? You understand the difference? Of course. You know, you don't shoot at every situation. There's right. too many people should getting killed. There's a report in here that shows an ungodly amount of people getting killed and they didn't even have a firearm. Mm -hmm. That's where that's, that's bad. That's bad training and hate, hatred, hatred and racism, profiling, all that shit. Yeah. You know, um, this website, policeviolencereport.org, has really got a lot of good of information. It's a lot of good information, Look, and there's a lot of information that would piss people off. Um, CB, I think, yeah. I think CB was saying something, and, and uh, we didn't let her finish. CB, what you were saying, if you can come back to it. Well, I was just saying that um, a lot of it has to do with racism and that racists, they purposefully sign up to be law enforcement and uh, authoritative um, jobs like that because they know they can get away with killing black and brown people. Uh, and, you know, and, and even, and it's not all, you know, black people, they also kill poor white people as well. So, it's like, for example, if you live in where they deem a good neighborhood, then your police calls are going to be answered immediately. But if you live in a red zone, which is um, deemed a bad neighborhood, you'll be lucky if they show up at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's, you know, sad, the sad, but truth of it. And, um, when you don't see a value in the people that you're, uh, you've sworn an oath to protect and serve, mm -hmm. then you're not going to protect them. You're definitely not going to serve them. 
you're going to make their lives a living hell. And that's what they've done. When you let a racist into power, this is what happens. When you make white supremacy okay, this is what's going to happen. And we just lived through four years of this BS. And even still with the person who, you know, is supposed to lead our whole country and just basically tells law enforcement, you know, yeah, do what you want. Yeah, kill, kill black people, do whatever you want to do. And that's literally what he did. And this is what we have. People have that mentality for whatever reason, they're making white supremacy okay. Protect the white race, you know, preserve the white race with not giving a single thought to everyone being equal, everyone being the same, because it's not, there's always a double standard. What a white person will go to jail for, say, if they had drugs, for example, and they got arrested, they would probably do maybe two, three years. But a black or brown person gets arrested for a drug possession, they're gonna do at least 10. With good behavior, five at the most, but they're going to do that longer sentence. It's always a double standard. And it's been that way. And it's time that things change but I don't foresee things changing anytime soon. In fact, I don't think things will ever change, to be mm -hmm. honest. And it's sad, you know, that that's where we are, that I feel like we're going backwards instead of progressing forwards. There were some that are in legislature right now, in Congress right now, who have said blatantly that they wish that Jim Crow was coming back. And there are some states that are enacting Jim Crow as laws, which still boggles my mind. Like, how are we going backwards? But we are. And yeah. it's sad. It's really, really sad. And it's scary, especially if <laughs> you are a parent of children that are out there in the world and you're scared. You're literally scared and you have reason to be, especially if you're a parent of black or brown children, or if you're a white person that lives in a, what they consider, you know, a white trash area, or if you're in the trailer park, you're not looked at as a human period. You are beneath them. And that is, it's sad that we're like that. We've definitely regressed instead of progressed. And it's it's scary. And it's sad. Mm -hmm. But most of all, it's scary. But that's what happens when you elect racists. That's what happens when you put racists in charge. That's what happens when you put racists. When you open the door and let the racists take over sit in these authoritative places. Like here in Arizona, we had a major racist who was a sheriff, Joe Arpaio. 
Big Sheriff Joe, he was Satan in the flesh. And, you know, he did get voted out, but still, you know, there's still residue left over from when he was in power. And it's not good because racists are still in power. And until we identify who these people are, and in some cases we have, but what can you do? What can you do? Right. Now look, yeah. this is what's really crazy. You see this one right here? So out of 1,200 people, 100 of those people that got killed were unarmed. Now, if you remember, earlier, there was only 20 cops convicted or charged. There were only 20 cops charged with, with, with killing somebody. So that means, that means out of those 100 people, only 20 people, somebody got charged for. Mm-hmm. And that don't mean all 20 got convicted. Yeah. Because it said only like three or four convictions. So that's 5% of 100 people. That's 95. That's 95 people. Yeah. They're cowards. You know. What they did to that man in the hospital. He's in the hospital. Where's he going to go? Mm-hmm. That was so unnecessary. That was so unnecessary. And really and truly, if you had an officer that patted him down when they got to him while he had passed out in a park or wherever it is that he passed out and he missed that, then it's not on him. Even though he probably should have said, hey, look, guys, I do have a weapon on me because at the end of the day, they're going to find it anyway. He was passed out. He couldn't say anything. He was passed out in the parking lot. So he was passed out and, in the parking lot, but when he got to the hospital, even like when, look, let's just say when the gun no, dropped and it went off. He was in the parking lot. He was in the parking lot of the hospital. Yeah, passed out. And the, the officers patted him down before they took him inside the hospital. Right. So they missed, the gun. You, you they missed the gun. That was their fault, first right. of all. But my it. thing, since he was on hospital property, why did they even feel the need to call the police for that instead of just bringing a gurney, putting him on the gurney and bringing him inside. Clearly he was in need of help. Well, other people, other people called it. The hospital didn't call the police. Yeah. I think the gun, I think the gun came out and felt the the gun fell out and was this, well, it discharged when it fell out while he was in the hospital. Right. Because that's the reason why they went full force after that like okay he but just there shot. was no need to shoot him 20 times when the man is telling you right i'm because he did say right and he yeah. did say it's you know it's in front of me like i can't reach the gun it's in front of me like what yeah obviously the they didn't even they didn't even go in depth of the medical condition yeah yeah, yeah obviously he, he already could move he's already the on the, he's on the floor next to the gurney it's not like he was standing. He didn't care. There's yeah. a reason right there. He said, I right. don't care. It's and a he, wonder he didn't use the N-word. And even right. the female, the female officer that was like, you know, look, let me just take your spot and let me mm-hmm. go ahead and tase him. 
She knew you it know? was wrong. She and knew what course, was happening was wrong. Yeah. And yeah. she did try to intervene, but to me, she didn't do enough. Nah, she, she was but I, I don't even think about I don't even think it was so much about her doing enough. She was overran by a whole bunch of male yeah. testosterone. She was. Exactly. But if she had stepped exactly. in front of those guns, those guns would not have discharged. And they wouldn't have shot her. Well, you know. And they might have. No, they wouldn't have. They 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 would not have. Well, first of all, male officers don't have a whole lot of respect for female officers anyway. Yeah, but they were being recorded. There's no way they would have gotten away with shooting her. When they're being recorded, they're on camera, not only the hospital cameras, but also their own body cam. Right. She has body cam. So there's no way they would have gotten away with that. There's There would be no justification. So if she would have done that to intervene, then things would have been a lot different. That's terrible. But in order to do something like that, you got to give a damn to begin with. And that's where the problem lies. They don't give a damn. See, right. And with you saying that, then there's also this. So they've just left this family fatherless, these Mm -hmm. kids. And now these kids have a video to go back and look at. And this is how mm-hmm. this is how the hate and the animosity and the everything else just moves forward. Because these little kids are going to grow up and they're going to be like, wait a minute, what happened to our daddy? And there's this video out that shows mm-hmm. how these officers did your dad. And that whole cycle, that whole cycle continues, you know? Yeah. They don't, they didn't look at him as a man who may have had a family. They didn't look at him as a man at all. Right. They look at us as savages. They don't look at us as human. And it's been like this. They still have that slavery, that slave owner mentality, basically. Look at this right here. Supremacy is. Look at this right here. This is 58% of the killings by police in 2022. 58%. It's 682 deaths were traffic stops. Mm-hmm. Police responses to mental health crisis or situations where a person was not reportedly threatening anyone with a gun. They're not trained to do that. And they need to be, or they need to have a special task force that's just, you know, specific for those that are having mental episodes they need to have a separate department that can be called for that rather than the regular police officers who clearly are not adept to deal with something like that their answer to it is to kill it you don't understand it kill it that has been the white man's response to everything through history we've seen it you don't understand it kill it Oh, the black people have a black Wall Street, burn it down. Oh, they have a town where they're flourishing and doing their own thing. Oh, well, we need a piece of that. Ah, go burn it down. Go destroy it. Oh, the black women love each other and, and are supporting each other on TikTok with the black woman follow chain. Ah, oh, yeah, let's report it and get that shut down. It's happened time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. They always want to insert themselves where they're not needed. 
Anything that pertains to us, they try to get a piece of it. It's been that way. And see, no this matter thing. what we do, it's not all. It's not all white cops that are that way, either, because there's a lot of white cops that are really, really nice, like are really, really doing some things out yeah. here. So I, I can't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it on every single white cop. For the most no, part, not, you do have a I'm lot of racist individuals. Period. Because look, mm. there's some black people that are racist on their own people. Right. Yeah, Candace right. Owens. That part. <laughs> there you go. Candace Owens. Uh, was it Tim Scott? Who else? Uh, this Cameron dude who lost. Thank God. Thank God. Kentucky has a brain. Thank. Thank you, Dave. But you know. It, this country is not as far gone as they would want it to be because in these last elections last night, it was a clear message to hate and the white supremacists that we're not going to take that. This is not what America was built on. We are the melting pot for a reason and all are welcome here. And and it's sad because America is diverse. People come here to live the dream. And when you have people in power who are afraid of losing that power, and so they enforce their privileges and get away with murder, literally, you know, it, it's it's a sad thing and it's a scary thing. It's embarrassing. You know, somebody asked me, um, was I proud to be an American? And I really had to stop and think about what that means because I was born here. And I know the atrocities that our country has done to other countries, to other races. I know, I've, we know it, we've seen it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you having technical difficulties over there? Look, you put the sign up earlier, you called it on my ass, okay? Because I was talking, I was, and all of a sudden I just saw every, everybody started freezing and I was like, no, not now. But yes, I'm back. Go ahead, CB, I'm sorry. So somebody had asked me, Am I proud to be an American? And I really had to think about what that means. I don't like what America is going it's through. Becoming. Right it's not becoming, it's becoming because it has always been. There's no becoming. It's been like that since the pilgrims hit the Mayflower. It's and getting worse, just more undercover. From the Indians. No. It never stopped. It went it's undercover and now it's coming out of cover again. Because it's now being filmed. Thanks to technology, we can film these things. Yeah. And we can call these people out and hold them accountable. At the, at the risk of a low sperm cell count. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway. Go ahead, CB. You catch this CB on. I just threw her whole train of thought right out the window. (laughs) She's like, "What does sperm have to do with this?" First of all, (laughs) that was your four one one. Hey, 
it's all good. But no, that's it's it's bad. It's bad all the way across the board. It's nothing to joke around. Nothing to joke about. This shit is serious. It's serious and it's getting more and more serious by the minute. So we just gotta continue to keep our kids and everybody's kids prayed up. Cause honey, this ain't getting no better. And ain't getting better for no look. It's not getting better for these kids. It's bad enough that it's already hitting all kind of colleges and stuff, but it's just not even getting better for these kids that walking around that they're thinking that there's something that they're not. I'm a Rastafarian. Right. I'm gonna wear these dreads, get this shit out of control. I'm gonna be out here looking the part because the police ain't gonna tell me nothing. Next thing you know, you become this big target just because you're walking around with dreads. Being black right. is one thing, but walking around with dreads and your pants hanging down and you doing all kinds of things, you bringing attention to yourself. You know, it's just yep. so it's 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 just it's it's just so much. But at the end of the day, it's like, why are you walking around profiling kids anyway? Kids that just came from a basketball practice or just gone to the store eating a candy bar on their way home, or just why why are y'all messing with the kids anyway? It's almost like they driving around looking for something to get into. Oh, this guy just looked like he he looked like he a troublemaker. He looked like he and before you know it, you having an you having a conversation with a kid that's probably got a 4.0 average doing doing the damn best the best kid at home and next thing you know this child is dead cuz you don't started a conversation that's going to make somebody get upset off the rip because off the rip if you come to me with some shit I'm going to pop off why are you profiling me why why are you asking me questions about where I'm going because that's the one thing that they ask that pisses me off excuse me where are you going what I've only had one incident that was back in 2008 where I did my little 12 hours for being asked a question coming out of club by a police officer and I, I let loose my whole mouth went on fire and I got arrested and they put me to sit down somewhere in a holding cell with a bunch of females and your girl was out but at the end of the day it, it all escalated with me being on the phone talking to my ex like where's the car where are you because i'm in front of the club i took my heels off because my heels were hurting me and if you guys know anything about five two women that are 150 pounds with five inch heels on when we get out the club we don't want that shit on but i was whatever it is that that man was thinking because from what the officer said i looked like his ex-wife he had a vendetta he was on it on me from the minute he saw me walking out that club with a bottle of water with lemon in it. And I'm on the phone, ma'am, are you okay? And I was like, do I look like something's wrong? I'm just trying to get to my car. My guy's on the phone. I got my shoe, my feet hurt. I'm just hey, coming look. out the club, what? And it went from there. So it happens, it happens, to, it happens. It happened to me. So this chart, you said something that was, interesting because i pulled this up earlier mm -hmm. so this is the typical shift by officers time spent it's what they're doing with their time so this is a study over these three cities mm -hmm. in new orleans um, montgomery county and maryland and sacramento mm -hmm. four percent of their time was spent dealing with violent crimes Nine percent or six to nine percent was medical or other. Mm -hmm. Ten to eighteen percent was doing proactive stuff, mm -hmm. which is probably the good shit that mm -hmm. cops should do. Right. 
12 to 14 percent of the time was spent dealing with property crimes seven to 19 percent was dealing with other crimes 13 to 19 percent was dealing with traffic and 32 to 37 percent of the time responding to non-criminal calls exactly and look at that yeah here's what's crazy about that most of their criminal most of their time that police kill people has been on non-criminal calls yes so yes. you just bored and you want to fuck with people and shoot them yes what the fuck does that say Mm-hmm. yes that's terrible that's what bullies do and this is this is this report was taken from those three cities and that's just this year in 23 and it ain't even over yet that number is going to definitely go up almost definitely before the end of the year and we're almost at the end of the year uh-huh. pretty much it's sad just sad. that's why we got to keep our family members prayed up our kids prayed up and everybody prayed up because there's some they're, they're targets they're just targets out here you know well it's been interesting guys i look i'm looking at the time we've got like six yep. minutes left <laughs> yep time to bring it to a close cb <laughs> yeah you guys go ahead and say advice you want to take us home well i'm gonna say it's been sweet and it's been nice and um and we'll see y'all next week um this was a very interesting topic and i i hope that you guys share this because it's 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 needed we need to we need to educate our kids and our loved ones on the little ones that are going to school and i mean we just need to constantly teach them what time it is because the times are not the times back in the day the times are worse so y'all be safe out there and until next time one love and god bless love y'all thanks for hanging out till next time Peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for rocking with us tonight. You've been listening to CB and the Boys. We come to you every Wednesday as your midweek motivator, offering you music, motivation, conversation, laughter, and a whole lot of fun. Hopefully you got that and then some. I know tonight's topic wasn't very fun, but it was necessary. So everyone be careful out there. And don't forget to like us and subscribe in order for us to give you more. We need you to like us and subscribe. We are so close to our goal of having our 100th subscriber so you guys can help us get there like us and subscribe and don't forget to visit us at cbandtheboys.org and and check out our facebook and uh we will see you next week same time same station and uh, everybody again be careful out there and thank you for joining us tonight thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time Bye-bye. hey roger we miss you Yep, maybe Roger be with us next week. Love y'all. See you later. CB and the boys have left the building.